uh, started last week on this series called Making Home Work. And uh, certainly we're looking forward to another great lesson this morning from the Word of God. If you want to look there in your outline or you can look in your Bible, and Deuteronomy chapter 6 is going to be our text today. And uh, this is one of those classic texts from the Bible to help us when it comes to the home. And as I mentioned last week as we got started with this series, is that even though the focus may be on children in some of these lessons, that no matter where we're at, what stage of life, whether we're single, we're married, whether we have children, we don't have children, there's a lot of great principles here in these lessons. And I want you just to put on your thinking cap, open your heart, open up the Word of God, and allow God to show you and teach you something today. And I think all of us are going to benefit. Listen, my children are grown But I have enjoyed just going back over some things. And I think, again, the key to learning is repetition. And so look what the Bible says here. Now, when you look at Deuteronomy 6, this is one of those passages that uh, when it it came to educating young Jewish children, especially boys, there was something known as the Shema. And it was a portion of Scripture that really kind of, they had to memorize it, but it helped them to understand who God was and what their relationship was. This is included in that passage known as the Shema, which helped him to understand this matter of God. And I want you to look at the focus in chapter 6 in the first eight verses. Look what it says. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, son all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. So notice the far-reaching effects of this portion of Scripture. It wasn't just for their generation. It was for all generations, for the generations to come. Look at verse number 3. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou uh, liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Now you see the emphasis here is this matter of teaching. It's teaching your family, teaching your children. But I don't know if you caught like I did when I was reading this passage, but did you notice for the ones that are doing the teaching how important it was for their relationship with God, how their hearts needed to be, uh, how they need to have the right spirit, the right attitude. Listen, if we are right with God, we'll be right with others. That includes our children. Uh, We have a grave responsibility because when I think of children, one thing I have understood even with my own children, but working with children for many years is that children have a way 
of gleaning life lessons from their experiences. Children are watching. They're very attentive to things. They notice things. A lot of times we think because they're young, they don't, they don't really understand. But honestly, children have a keen sense of things going on around them. I was reading about some of these experiences that some kids had and some of the comments that they made. Uh, Patrick, who was 10 years old, he, he gleaned a life's lesson and he said, never trust a dog to watch your food. <laughs> he learned, didn't he? You know, uh, Michael, who was 14 years of age, he said, when your dad is mad and asks, do I look stupid, don't answer him. <laughs> you know, he, he was gleaning life's lessons. Uh, I, re- I read about uh, Billy, who also was 14 years old. He said, never tell your mom that her diet is not working. <laughs> Smart man, Billy. Uh, Randy, who was nine, said that he learned, stay away from prunes. Armir, who is nine years old, he learned this. He said, you can't hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. (laughs) Children like to hide broccoli because they don't like it, but it didn't work in the glass of milk. Lauren, who is nine years old, here's what she learned. Felt markers are not good to use as lipstick. (laughs) Eileen, who was eight, said, never try to baptize a cat. (laughs) <laughs> children, children, it's amazing some of the stuff that they learn. But you know what? When I look at the Word of God and I see here in Deuteronomy 6, what children need is they need a mother and a father to instill eternal truths, the truths of the Word of God, into their young, listen, here's the key word, impressionable lives. That's one thing about kids is they are very impressionable. Uh, our grandkids, they're starting to get to a certain age. Remember your kids when they were little, if you had kids, where they got to what we call the parrot stage? Yeah, and you, you thought it was cute when, when they, you'd say something, they'd repeat it, but remember how that came back on you, uh, you know, when they got a little bit older? You know, I remember one of our kids said something publicly to a lady one time, and I was like, whose child is that? You know, it's like you, you wish they wouldn't repeat some things that they hear, but children have very impressionable minds and hearts. And today's public school, and this is, this is the poll, and, and this isn't new, it's been going on for quite some time, but today's public school begins sex education at a very young age. I, I have seen first grade sometimes. They begin stuff like this, trying to instill two students, uh, schools are are trying to condition children to accept homosexuality and transgender ideas as the norm. In your notes, I included part, and there's so much more I could have gave you there. Uh, Maybe you've heard of this uh, document called the uh, Humanist Manifesto. It was in 1933 that it was written, and you know, again, I don't know how much, I haven't spent a lot of time with it. I know enough about it that it's very, very dangerous. But it says here that this was one, not the, but it was one of the frameworks of our modern education system, and our educational system was built on this and a few other things. But here's what it states. Look at these words. We affirm that moral values derive their source from human experience and need no 
theological sanction. Now, what they're doing is they're saying to children and to parents of children that they don't need God, that they can live without God, and that is exactly, listen, that is totally contradicting the Word of God. We need God. Uh, We need God in every area of our lives. So how do Christian parents counter this culture that that our children are growing up in and they're being deceived? How do we do that? Simple answer. Here it is. Teach them the truth. That's what the Deuteronomy 6, early in the Word of God, helps us to understand that what this next generation needs is the truth. Uh, Brother Kenny and Brother Chris and others, this uh, about two weeks ago, we had, a, we had our junior camp. And look, we could have just had three days of just fun and games and been exciting. And, and by the way, they had a lot of games and it was a lot of fun. But what they did was they pulled over a couple times every day and taught these boys and girls the eternal truths of the Word of God because they need to hear it because they're going to be challenged in life. Just like I just mentioned, the Human Manifesto and other things are constantly pushing our children to accept things that are against the Word of God. And they need to understand this matter of truth. We have to teach them the truth. Now, what does that mean for us as parents, as adults? We have to be proactive. We can't just sit on the sidelines and just hope that they learn it somehow, somewhere. No, the responsibility lies on us. It's so important that we see how God has ordained this. Don't just teach outward compliance. What God is wanting us to do and the responsibility that he's given to us is an inward relationship. God's interested, remember, in the heart. That's what God wants us to focus on. So teach children to have a real and a personal relationship with God. So I'm going to give you three simple things this morning that's taken right from Deuteronomy chapter number six. That's something that is so simple, but if we don't implement it, then guess what's going to happen is our children and the generations to come will not know the truth. They will believe all the lies that this world is trying to spread. So notice the first thing we need to do is teach with passion. We need to teach with passion. You know, listen, if we would just, again, be excited about our relationship with God, I have found that things are contagious, right? Uh, A lot of times children go into the nursery and they come home, they were feeling fine when they went into the nursery, they come home and they're sick. And you're like, he was fine, she was fine this morning. They went into the nursery and there might have been another kid that was in there that had something and your child caught that. Can I tell you, look here, if you go into a room, and I told those that went out yesterday, I said, listen, we do one thing different than many of the religions of the world do when we go out into public. I said, we do this. I said, you know why? Because Christians have the joy of the Lord. Do you know if I walk up to somebody's door and I'm walking up there like this, people look out the window, they're like, I ain't answering that door. It's a bill collector, you know. But if I walk up to the door and I'm going, and they're like, I don't know what this guy's got, but I want to find out. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. You get around people that are smiling. Listen, it doesn't matter how bad your day's going. Guess what? It's going to affect you. It's going to change your spirit. 
And as Christians, we need to understand the responsibility that we have. Listen, we have to have passion and we have to teach. You ever been around a teacher that's teaching something and you can tell by the way they're teaching that they don't even really believe what they're teaching themselves? I think a lot of universities are that way today. They don't know what they believe. By the way, does that sound like many of our young people today? But That's not a smack on them, but because of where they are in life, they've been under their parents' authority. Now they're slowly becoming adults, and they're kind of in that crossroads that they don't really know what they believe. Guess what? That's when somebody who knows the truth needs to come alongside of them and say, listen, you need to formulate what you believe. Don't believe what I believe just because I believe it. Let me show you what God's Word says. You with me this morning? We need to make sure that we help them. See, there, there must be a personal and passionate love for God. Look back in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 5. It says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Everybody see that? That's, if you're in the habit of highlighting or underlining your Bible, you should highlight or underline that because that's talking to me, that's talking to you, is listen, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might, I need to be that way as a parent. And that's what that's the focus here is, if I'm going to be passionate, it's got to be in my heart. A lot of parents are not passionately in love with the Lord. And listen, does it surprise us that our kids are not? You know, parents get up and go, hey, listen, it's, it's Sunday, we got to go to church. Did you hear what he just said? We got to go to church. Big difference when you get up on Sunday, you got a smile on your face, say, hey, guess what? It's Sunday. We get to go to church today. There's a big difference right there. I hope you're seeing what I'm saying. Because listen, I, I never wanted my children to dread going to church. You know why? Because dad loves church. Dad loves God. Mom loves the Lord. And we want our children to love the Lord. But listen, if we don't love God, they're not going to love God. You say, I thought you were talking about teaching. Yeah, you teach by exactly the way you live your life. Your parents are learning. Remember, by experience, you know, our children are watching everything. So notice letter A, we must have a personal love for the Lord. Uh, you know, people get so passionate about everything. You know, you start talking about somebody's favorite sports team. And I mean, the guy's like, he knows every player that's ever played on that team, every championship that they've ever won. I mean, he goes on and on, and you're like, man, you know, sometimes over the years when my children were younger and they'd start talking about something, and I would say to them, I'd say, listen, how many Bible verses have you memorized? I mean, if we know that much about worldly things, what about godly things? And we focus, we get very passionate about things, but what is God doing here in these verses? He's calling us to love him with every fiber of our being. Notice the focus here. He mentions the heart, and he's talking about that inner part of us, the determination of our will, our conscience. And look, this excludes uh, being lukewarm and, and being passive in our lives. He says, I want you to love me with all your heart. And then he mentions with all your soul. This is a reference to our life itself, who we are, our identity the very core of who we are, and this is to love God wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y. That means in every area of your life that you love the Lord. He says, I want you to love me 
with all your heart. I want you to love me with all your soul. And then look at this word, all your might. This is talking about our energy. It's, it's talking about investing ourselves in this matter of serving God. It's more than words is what the writer is saying here. He's saying, look, put some elbow grease to it. Don't just say, remember Jesus' conversation with Peter? He says, Peter, do you love me? You know, Peter's like, yeah, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. Put some elbow grease. He says, look, love me with all your heart. Love me with all your soul, who you are, and with all your might. In other words, don't just say it, but do it. And we see here this matter of serving. See, again, children have those observational skills. You know, sometimes children are almost like little mini spies, aren't they? You know, and then they become teenagers. And they have these meters of professional interrogators, right? Uh, they, they start interrogating you about everything. They watch us and they pick up on things from us. You know, I, I've watched my kids over the years. I used to say, you know, that all the, all the bad things they learn, they learn from their mother, you know? But then I realized that, listen, it, the buck stopped here, you know? And I, I started seeing things and, it, you know, I wish, I wish our children could just bypass the bad things and just get the good things. And then I thought for a minute, I thought, well, there's nothing good about me. <laughs> so if they're going to get anything good, they've got to get it from their mom. That's all I know. But our children need, here's what they need is they need to see sincerity. They need to see authenticity in our love relationship with God because we, listen, moms and dads, whether, you, whether it's a, a couple or a single parent home, we must have a personal love for the Lord. And then notice, secondly, we must have a personal walk with the Lord. If you look back at verse number six again, he says, These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. I mean, look, it's not just a Sunday or a Sunday Wednesday type situation. It's every day of our lives. A great way to prove to your children that we love God is to have a, listen, a joyful obedience to God. A joyful obedience to God. A lot of people do things because, because somebody told them they had to. The Bible says that the commandments of God are not grievous. It means that they're not too heavy that we cannot do that. Here's what I see is, is the writer in the Word of God says, the love of Christ constraineth us. In other words, whatever, because of what the Lord's done for me, I don't find anything the Lord asked me to do to be something that I'm not willing to do. If Jesus went to Calvary and gave his life for me, then there's nothing my Lord asked of me that I would not be willing to do. I was having a conversation with Zach uh, last week or two weeks ago, and I told him how, you know, when, when uh, I gave the invitation, he raised his hand, and I told him, I said, I said, you didn't just barely raise your hand. I said, a lot of people kind of do one of these little things, you know. I said, but I, I said, Zach, you put your hand up. like, And he goes, well, I just, that's kind of the way I am. He says, if, if, I'm, if somebody asked me to do it, he says, I just do it. And I said, I wish every Christian could be that way. That if God asked us to do it, you know, that's why sometimes at the invitation, that, that's why I'll extend the invitation for a couple verses, because a lot of times God's dealing with people with Christians, with his children, but people are not willing to obey. 
And we've got to obey that still small voice. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, just do what I asked you to do. Now, I found as a child growing up that my home, my life was much better when I did what my father asked me to do. When I tried to buck against my father's authority, things did not go well. And, and as, as, a, as a parent, we have to see that there, our children need to see us loving this matter of serving God. Our children need to follow an example, and I hope that they're following the right kind of example of a parent that joyfully is following and obeying the commands of God. Look at Proverbs 23, 26. My son, Solomon writes, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my what? My ways. Now watch this. What are your ways? Are they something that if your child follows, that it's going to be pleasing to the Lord? You know, we, we watch sometimes how our children grow up. And sometimes I, I really have to catch myself when I'm out in public because I'll see a child misbehaving. And I learned a long time ago that it's not the child's fault, it's the parent's fault. Sometimes I just want to grab the parent. But guess what? That's not my responsibility. Now, again, I can't abdicate what my responsibilities are. And I want to try to help. That's why, listen, that's why we have a church is because we want to help families. And, and maybe something that God will show you in this passage and throughout this series will help you to understand this matter of not only having a personal love for the Lord, but also to have a personal walk with the Lord. I like what somebody said, we cannot lead our children where we refuse to go. Think about that. You know, we, we can't change the past. I, I don't know what your past has been like, you know, your personal life, maybe even your married life, as maybe a life as a parent, you can't change the past, but what you can do is you can say, starting today, that I'm going to develop a personal love with the Lord, and I'm going to have a personal walk with the Lord. And so we, what do we do? We teach with passion, all right? But notice the second thing we can do to help our children when it comes to teaching eternal truths is we need to teach with persistency. I get around some parents, listen, honestly, they do teach their children, but they don't do it persistently. You know why? Because we get tired, don't we? I mean, we get worn down. We're like, didn't I just tell you to do that? You know, sure you did, 500 times. But guess what? There needs to be a 501st time. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm glad. Aren't you glad that God is long-suffering? That God is patient with us? And we need to be the same way with our children. Is notice again in, in this passage, he says he uses the word diligently. What the word means is it means an ongoing or persistency in this area of teaching. Well, what do we do? Notice, first of all, teach the truth. Now, if we're Christians, how are we going to teach the truth to our children? We're going we're gonna, to uh, go to the Word of God. We're going to read the Word of God with our children. I remember when our children were young, we bought children's Bibles. Again, it wasn't like my Bible where I, I'm looking at mine right now, and it's just all black words on white pages. But yeah, a lot of my children's Bibles had pictures. They had Bible stories. Uh, they, were, they, were very, they were the Word of God, but they were very simplistic. They were on a child's level. And what we need to do if we're going to teach the truth is we've got to have time in the Word of God with our children. We've got to have devotions. I mean, I don't know what you call it. Some people call it uh, family altar. Uh, there's various ways you can, you can call it. 
But here's one thing I see from Deuteronomy 6 is that God is instructing the fathers to take the initiative to lead the family. God wants dad, uh, and, and I know, listen, I remember the day when we started this because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I remember how awkward it felt, you know, to sit down with the family, with the little kids. You know, our, my, our children's attention span were about that, that, that big, you know. You know, and you, you sit down and it feels very awkward. Guess what? Do it anyway. Because if you're consistent with it, what's going to happen is, is you're going to start to someday see fruit from it. <laughs> we were out one time at a, at a uh, fast food restaurant, and we, it was my wife and myself and my daughter and son-in-law, and, and of course their children, and, and my granddaughter, just a little over two years old, and we got ready to eat. And, you know, we always have a word of prayer before we eat. And I think my son-in-law said to his daughter, he says, he said, hey, listen, we need to pray. And I didn't, you know, I, they hadn't lived here. I didn't know they were doing this with them. And, and so he asked her to pray. And she prayed for everything, for like ever. My food was like almost cold. My wife and I, we were peeking. We were kind of snickering. I mean, it was so cute. But she, and, and the truth was, guess what? I didn't understand five words she said. I looked at my wife, when she finished praying, we're like, what did she just pray about? What did she do? But it doesn't matter. You know, we've got to find those times to teach the truth. Uh, listen, if you're here and you're a single parent, uh, maybe you're a, a, a mother that has an unsaved husband or you're by yourself, listen, still make family devotions a priority because, again, we've got to teach the truth to our children. And I want to give you a few tips on when it comes to having family devotions and again, these, this isn't rocket science, but maybe these might help you. Maybe you already do these, but here's a couple of things. Number one, set a time. You need to set a time. He who aims at nothing will hit it every time. Set a time. And, and watch this. Avoid distractions. Uh, you, you, know, uh, you might say, okay, every night at 6 o'clock, we're going to have family time. And, and, and the phone will ring at 6 o'clock, you know? Listen, whoever it is that's calling, they'll leave a message, you know. Somebody knocks on the door, just let them stand out there, you know. Just avoid the distractions, set a time. Number two, start simple. You do not have to read the entire Bible to your kids every time you sit down. You know, my wife, I, you know, I, I, we were trying to have family devotions, and I was in Bible college, and I wanted to impart all this Bible knowledge that I had. And my wife's like, they're little kids. I'm like... Thank you, honey. Appreciate that, you know. My wife just always helping me, always helping me. But, you know, look, just, you might, you might even uh, do, like, character studies. You might read about Daniel, and you might read about David. You know, again, there's different ways that you can approach the Word of God. A lot of times, look, you want a great book to sit down and read with your kids, read the book of Proverbs. Great book of wisdom, you know, uh, just whatever works for you. But, but again, you've got to set a time, and then after you set a time, start simple. And then number three, grow with your children. Now listen, certainly if your, your children are little, uh, you're going to be teaching them in a certain way. But as they get older, you can start teaching them something that might be a little bit more meatier, uh, might have some more substance to it. Uh, and then number four, emphasize application. I think, look, that's the one thing that oftentimes we miss is, okay, we read the Word of God. Now, what does that mean to, to, to them or to your family or something like that? And, and what you might want to do is, as you read the Word of God, just pull over and say, now, do you understand what the Bible's saying there? The Bible's saying that, 
if you obey your, your parents, that, that God will bless your life, you know, and just pull over and find time where you can emphasize application. D.L. Moody said the Bible is not given for our information, but for our transformation. And that's what, that's what God's word will do is it will transform lives. Remember what Joshua said in his day? He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, he taught his children. And so what do we need to do is we need to teach the truth. And then look at this one. Look back at verse number eight and nine of our passage. He mentions kind of some stuff that was a little bit more familiar to the Jewish custom. We may not necessarily practice it in the same exact way, but look what he says here in verse eight. Thou shalt bind them, talking about the truths of the word of God. He says, bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Now, they had what they called phylacteries back in those days and they were these uh, little boxes they would put on their hands, they would, they would put it on the frontlets. Uh, Study it out sometimes, kind of interesting how they would do that. Now you say, well, pastor, I don't really know if we should walk around putting stuff on our children's heads, things like that. But again, notice in verse number nine, he says, write them upon the, the post of thy house. So notice not only teach the truth, but post the truth. Display the word of God in your home. I mean, you, you can do things, various things, uh, displaying God's word around your house. I mean, uh, what's, that, what's that place you like? That, uh, Hobby Lobby. Anybody know what Hobby Lobby is? It's a, it's a Christian uh, place, and they've, they've got all kinds of nice sayings and stuff like that. <coughs> and again, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that you can do to post it. Now, can I tell you, look, don't make the Word of God something that you beat your kids with. And that's what a lot of parents will do. Uh, you know, like some parents will put, uh, a mother put a sign up in her home, and it said on there, respect your elders or be eaten by the bears. You know, now that's a Bible principle, you know, but probably not what you want to post in your home. Now, maybe it would help some kids. I don't know. But, you know, you might, you might find something that looks nice. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And you never say it to them. It's there. And, and again, where do you get this principle from? Well, right here. It says that you write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Now, you might find uh, ways, innovative ways in your home to do that. But look, it, your home should be a Christian home where you're teaching the Word of God and you're posting the Word of God. You're sharing it with your children. And listen, aren't, I would rather my children learn the Word of God than learn worldly things. And we need to have this in our home. So what do we do? Teach with passion. Then we need to teach persistently. And then look at the third thing, and this is real important for us as adults. This is one area I struggle in. Teach with patience. See, look, you know, you tell your kids, didn't I just teach you that? I mean, I can't believe he just did that after the Bible lesson we just had last night. Well, listen, Rome wasn't built in a, in a day. God's still working on you and me. So you can't expect your children to change overnight because you gave them some great Bible devotion. You have to be patient with them. God is patient with us. We need to learn to be uh, patient with our children. And if we're faithful uh, to teach our children, then guess what? Over the, over the years, what we're going to find is, and I have already seen this, and I've seen it for many years with my children, is some things will start to stick. It's such a joy when you see your children starting to do things. And it, listen, you might have taught it to them years ago, 
But, you know, the Bible says God's word will not return void. And, and boy, when, when your child does something and you see that, it, you know, you might go around the corner and kind of without no, nobody seeing you, your kid's not seeing you, and just kind of do one of these, yes, you know, he got it, you know, she got it. And again, the word of God will do its work. And we mentioned this verse last time about bringing your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Well, how do we teach with patience? The word nurture, first of all, again, means to bring them up. It, it means to bring them to this matter of maturing them as a young Christian. And again, this can't be done just here and there. It has to be a consistent and a constant investment every day. Look, here's what you need to do is look for opportunities to teach truths to your children. Say, this would be a great time. Uh, maybe for some parents, maybe what you do is at bedtime, go in and tuck them into bed and then talk to them a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe you see your child do something kind to another child, maybe share a toy or something, and then you can just say to them, hey, <clears throat> listen, I saw you share your toy with your brother tonight, and I just want you to know that Jesus was very pleased with what you did because the Bible teaches us that we should, we should share with one another, that we should be kind one to another. See what we're doing there is? We're just looking for opportunities, little moments that we can be creative, that we can teach them. Uh, you, might, you might be sitting outside and the sun's going down. And you see that beautiful sunset. And you might want to say to your child, you know, hey, listen, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? God made that. And just talk to your child about uh, things that would help them, explain things to them. I know they're children, but take the time. How about this? Here's a great one. Take your child soul winning. Boy, what a, what a great opportunity to see their mom or their dad standing at a door talking to a perfect stranger about the love of God and how a person can know for sure they're going to heaven. How about praying with your children? You know, great opportunity. A lot of times when I would, my children were little and I'd pray, I'd, I'd, I'd be praying, I'd kind of look, I'd peek while I was praying, I'd look over and they're just looking at me like, and that's okay. I, I wanted them to see their dad praying. And uh, we need to make sure that we understand how very important it is to nurture our children. Now, here's what a lot of parents do is they kind of tend to, to bribe their children. S somebody said bribery is luring someone to do wrong. But here's what we need to do is give them incentives. So there's a difference between bribery and an incentive. An incentive is encouraging someone to do right. That's what I want to do is encourage my children to do the right thing. I want to nurture them, to bring them up, and an incentive can be a powerful motivator to help children grow. And so what, what do we need to do? If we're going to teach with patience, it's this matter of nurturing to bring them up. And then look at letter B, the admonition. This is the training, to, to, to admonish them, to teach them. See, to train up means to dedicate yourself to them. Now, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I was just talking about that, about this training being every day-by-day -day process. It's leading your children, listen, here's what the Bible calls it, in the way. Talking about Bible Christianity. I want to teach my children the truths of the Word of God. It's starting your children on a course of life 
that you pray will remain, they will remain faithful every day of their lives. Now, many of us, listen, many of us have been disappointed with maybe something our children did or a, a decision that they made. But guess what? I still love them. Uh, because I think to myself about how many decisions I've made wrong, how many things I've done that I shouldn't have done. And the only hope that we have is to teach them the eternal truths to help them to face the challenges. We must teach our children what is right. Look at Paul wrote to Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I want my children to understand dad may not always be right, but God's word is always right. And not only teach our children what is right, but we also have to teach our children what is not right. And when, when it comes to this, this is the part of parenting that a lot of us don't like because when you're teaching your children something that is not right, this aspect involves correction. It involves chastening them to turn away from sinful actions. Correction isn't easy, but if it's done right, if it's done biblically, you know what it does? It shows them that we love them, you know? Uh, like the old parent, you know, the children always have a hard time with this saying, but when a parent's about to spank a child and say, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. And the child looks at the parent like, yeah, right. But someday when they become an adult, a parent of their own, they understand how very difficult it is. But if we love them, we have to correct them. Proverbs 29, 17, correct thy son and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. That's the problem with most children is they've never received correction. But the Bible says to bring them up patiently in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. There's no autopilot for teaching our children to love God. We have to every day, it happens when we passionately love God, when we're persistent with them and we are patiently waiting, listen, for God to work in their hearts. And that's what we want is for God. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, look at verse 1, Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. So if you're a parent in here, or maybe in some role, or maybe someday will be, can I tell you as a Christian parent, God has placed us as the main teacher in our children's lives. And we have to decide that we're going to teach eternal truths. If we, Listen, if we don't teach them the truth, one thing is for sure, other people will teach them things that are not the truth. And they need to hear the truth from us. They need, to, uh, they need to hear those eternal truths from the Word of God. Now, here's what I want you to do. Like I said last week is, I want you to do one thing this week. I want you to do your homework. All right? I included some questions. I want you to take some time this week or maybe today and meditate on some of the things that I covered from Deuteronomy 6 that will help us to teach our children the eternal truths, but we've got to do it with passion, we've got to do it with patience, and it's so important that we try to help them out. Now, next week, I'm going to get into uh, influence, the power of influence, and believe it or not, look here, every one of us have influence. We can influence for good or for bad. Lord, Lord help us, I pray you help us to teach our children. Lord, the world is trying to teach them everything that goes against the Word of God, but Lord, I couldn't get past in this passage the instruction to me as a parent. And Lord, I'm talking, speaking to adults in this auditorium this morning. 
And it's so important that we see that we have a personal love for God and that we have a personal walk with the Lord because we cannot teach our children something that we are not willing to do ourselves. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd help us and not give up when it comes to difficulties with our children, how important it is to instill truth into their hearts, those young, impressionable hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.